but we're going to spend a few moments looking at the goodness of God. And to kick us off, um, I just want to um, seek your opinion on something. Um, and we're going to use uh, the share screen function. So I'm going to pop an image up on the screen and I'd love you to type into the um, comments one word um, and you will probably immediately know what word you're going to type as soon as you see this image. So here it comes. Here you go. Do you love or hate? Let's see who are the lovers and who are the haters amongst us. Okay, so the chats are coming in. Let's have a look. What have we got? We've got love, 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 yuck, hate, hate. Good morning, everyone. Okay, love, love, mainly loves, actually. But there is a bit of a split decision out there. Uh, hate, 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 hate. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, it seems like um, we can't decide. Um, but uh, that was um, a kind of a little bit of fun, um, but also it kind of does tenuously relate to what I want to talk about this morning. Well, okay, it's still the morning. So a few, a few years ago, my wife, Abby, um, who's a school teacher, was out of her classroom one afternoon and she wanted to check with the supply teacher afterwards how things had gone because it was a particularly challenging class that year. There were kids who had behavioural and learning challenges, as well as a few kids with difficult situations at home. Anyway, so the supply teacher fed back and said, well, actually, it was, something really funny happened. At the end of the day, all the kids were packed up, ready to go home. And then this girl just shouts out, it's Friday, class four. Who made you? And the whole class shouted out, God. And then, and then this kid shouted out, and how did he make you? And the whole class shouted out, good. And Abby had kind of like installed this as a bit of a tradition for the class every Friday. And she borrowed this little phrase from a speaker that she'd um, seen Danielle Strickland share it. And she repeated it in the hope that those kids would know that good or bad behavior or grades did not change the fact that they were made by God and that God doesn't make mistakes. And her hope was that by the end of the year, they would believe in their hearts if they had learned nothing else, that they were made to reflect and carry God's goodness. Goodness is one of the spiritual fruits that's listed in this passage in Galatians 5 that we have been focusing on in recent weeks. And you might be familiar with it now, Galatians 5, um, Verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit um, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And one thing that we've been emphasizing, I've been looking at this passage, is that all of these virtues, these fruits, they aren't things that we can kind of like summon up in our own strength. They are things that grow in us um, through the Holy Spirit, and they bear on us like fruit so that we can share those qualities with the world. And I don't know what you think, but it seems to me that the world could do at the moment with experiencing some of God's goodness. It's been a challenging year, hasn't it? Um, if you were to go out and ask 100 people on the street, whether it's been a good year or a bad year, I doubt you would find one person who would say it had been good, unless you happen to bump into um, a shareholder of Zoom. In, in six months, our sense of confidence in the economy, in science, in, in our health has been shaken by this virus. And, and, and in terms of our confidence in the morality and in sort of sense of justice in the world, that's also been shaken and fractured by this global outcry over racial injustice. And as we look to the next sort of six months of 2020, um, it looks like there are more trials to come. It's, there's, there's likely a, a recession on the horizon, job insecurity, the potential of a second wave of the virus. 
and all of the mental and emotional strain. And so, you know, there's a lot to be concerned about. And so it's a time where there is really a bit of a crunch for us as a church um, and the church in the world. We face this question, how are we going to respond to this adversity? Are in the midst of this adversity, are we going to um, sort of question the goodness of God with the rest of the world? Or are we going to share the goodness of God with the rest of the world? In Ephesians chapter two, it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to share his goodness, which God prepared, it says, in advance for us to do. He has prepared in advance good works for us to do these next few months. And as followers of Jesus, we're best placed to do that because we know what goodness looks like. We've experienced it in the person of God and he has designed us. He has made us to reflect his goodness and share it. And sometimes I think we need reminding, perhaps, I know I do, that, that we have a message and, and we have a goodness inside of us that's worth sharing with the world. I was reminded of that just this week at small group. Um, a few, we were sharing a little bit how, how we were doing at the moment and different people were basically sharing the challenges that they've been experiencing during this time until one of the ladies in our group, this lady, she's just done Alpha. She's recently discovered faith in Jesus. And she said, well, actually for me, I'm loving this time because, because all of this is new to me. I've just discovered Jesus. I've just discovered what it's like to be around other Christians. And she's like, actually, I'm buzzing right now. She has discovered during this time, that if you want to know and experience goodness, get to know God, because as we all know, God is good. You know, there's this, there's this kind of idea or this story in our culture that goodness is something that humans get to define and decide between us, that morality is something that we are kind of evolving as creatures. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem so realistic to me when we can't even agree whether Marmite is a good or a bad thing. But the Bible presents a different idea to us. The Bible presents us the idea that goodness isn't something that we as humans have to try and define. Morality isn't something that we evolve. Goodness is an objective, unchanging reality that is defined and embodied in the person of God. And I could probably spend, you know, the next hour listing Bible verse after Bible verse talking about God's goodness. Um, but I just want to focus on, on, on one. One story in, in the book of Exodus. It happened at a point in the story of the Israelites where they had just experienced a year that made 2020 look like a pleasure cruise. Um, they had just scraped their way out of slavery. They'd narrowly escaped being slaughtered by the Egyptian army. Um, they'd come through all the plagues. Um, and now they were living in the desert as refugees in tents without any apparent sort of means of, of, of feeding themselves. And they had hoped that they would leave Egypt and be in the promised land within a couple of days. But now it had been three months, three months of upheaval, loss, and uncertainty, if any of that sounds familiar, and it looked like it was gonna go on for some time to come. And in that place, what happened was the faith of the people faltered. In chapter 19, uh, Moses, we read, he, he climbed up Mount Sinai to go and, and meet with the Lord, but then he didn't come down for another um, 12 chapters uh, or 40 days, if you're counting. And meanwhile, the people were left down at the foot of the mountain, waiting and wondering, like, what's happened here? Has Moses gone up there and found nothing but clouds? Has God forgotten about us and left us? Did we leave Egypt 
on, on, on empty promises. And so um, they, they, they were just there waiting. And in that place, their faith faltered. Um, what happened was that Moses, by the time he came back down the mountain, he discovered that actually the people had, had instead of they'd forgotten about God and they had made an idol of an Egyptian God and they had started to worship that instead. And in that moment, Moses is angry, he's frustrated, but he responds decisively. He calls the people to, to turn away from anything that isn't God and turn back towards God. He, he purges the community of anyone who's not willing to turn back to God. And then he seeks God's presence by climbing the mountain and he takes on a posture of repentance. He, 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 he's there for 40 days without any food and he offers himself to God as a sacrifice. And in that moment where he expected in all likelihood to encounter God's wrath, he instead received God's goodness. It says in Exodus chapter 33, verse 18, and the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And we read that the Lord, he comes down to Moses, his presence surrounds him. And then he proclaims his name, Yahweh, which speaks of his unchanging, um, never ending, infinite sovereign nature. And then it says, the, he, the Lord said, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, bounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to the thousands and forgiving the wickedness, rebellion and sin. In that moment, God reveals his goodness um, by revealing himself. Or I could say he reveals himself by revealing his goodness because he's saying these two things are the same. I am good and good is God. And then he continues, um, verse, chapter 34, verse 5, God continues, yeah, he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Um, and I know that bit might sound a little bit sort of scary, but what that is about is basically God saying, I am a God who is passionate about justice. I'm not a God who will sort of fudge the issue of sin and brush it under the carpet. I'm a God who will pursue justice fiercely throughout the generations. And he said that knowing that that pursuit of justice would lead through every generation from Adam all the way to Jesus until justice was finally served to himself on a cross. So there in the midst of this kind of adversity and trial against the backdrop of the people's faith failing, Moses encounters God's goodness. And the story tells us that when he came back down the mountain, his face was glowing. People were like, Moses, your face is glowing. He didn't realize, but his face was shining because he had encountered the goodness of God and people could see it on him. Now for us today, when we encounter God's goodness, our faces don't necessarily literally shine, but there's no mistake that people can see it on us and in us and they can take it and taste it from us like in the same way um, that they would pick a good piece of fruit from a tree because the Holy Spirit, he grows that goodness in us and yields it as fruit to be shared with the world. So going back to that question I asked a moment ago, I know for me that I want to spend the rest of this year sharing God's goodness with the people around me, not questioning it with the rest of the world. But my capacity to do that hinges on whether I have first encountered God's goodness. And, um, you know, just picking up on one of those questions that somebody asked earlier, how can we stay close to God in this time? Thank for G thanks to Jesus. We don't have to climb a mountain like Moses did 
to encounter God and to experience his goodness. Because of Jesus, he's broken down the barrier so that all of us can come to him. We can experience his presence. We can encounter his goodness. And we don't have to climb a mountain. We don't even have to climb the stairs to the attic room like Debbie does to encounter God. All we have to do is do what Moses did, to come to him in a posture of humility and repentance like Moses did. We need to seek his presence. We need to turn away from all that is not God and turn towards God. And we need to ask for him to bless us and reveal to him his goodness. And so um, I know that we're all kind of in different places at this moment, um, but that's what we're going to make some time to do now. I just encourage you, wherever you're at, perhaps just close your eyes um, and picture, picture yourself um, coming, approaching the Lord. If there are things in this moment that you need to sort of turn away from and turn towards to turn to God, if there are things that perhaps even in the last few days you know you need to repent of, um, then just take a moment to do that and come to him in a posture of humility and ask him to show you his goodness. And the Holy Spirit, he's with us right now. He will do this. The Holy Spirit will come. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. And we pray, Lord, that you would, that you would just come now. Holy Spirit, show us your goodness. Come, Holy Spirit. And let's just wait together for a moment in his presence now. Thank you.